This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Lather Talk. I'm John, aka Lather Hog, and with me is my co-host Gerard. Hey Gerard. Hey, what's going on everyone? And our guest for today is a uh, long-standing wet-shaving artisan. Uh, he is none other than Chris Cullen, the man behind Katie's Bubbles. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi everybody. Chris, we're so glad to have you on the show so, Chris, just to get things rolling, to start things off, uh, for those who might not know who Kay's Bubbles is, maybe it's a new wet shaver, how did you get started? And also, how did you come up with the name for your brand? I'm a father. I've got a son, Christopher, and a daughter, Katie. My son is autistic. Um, when he was diagnosed at the age of two, um, everything in our world just started revolving around him because of the fact that he needed the attention he needed to, to get back up to speed um, because there were so many developmental delays at that point in his life. So Katie started feeling left out. Um, at that point, um, I had a small soap making hobby. Anybody who's ever had a hobby knows that they start getting expensive and you've got to find a way to get the hobby to feed itself. Well, to do that legally, I had to come up with a company name, register with the state of New Jersey, and to make Katie feel um, a little less left out on everything, uh, I named it after her. Uh, and at that point, I was just working in bar soaps and um, a couple simple little things selling at a local flea market. And as things progressed along, um, I developed a saving soap recipe, and then life threw me a curveball, and the job I had working for Sears for the pay- previous decade disappeared. So I had to make a decision of, am I going to go find somewhere else to work or am I going to try to be my own boss and actually make something out of this? And here we are a little over eight years after I launched online with the, the shaving soap side of things. Um, and I still only call one person my boss and thankfully she's sleeping in the other room right now. What year would you say Katie's Bubbles, the, the, you know, the brand started? The brand was actually registered with the state of New Jersey in November of 2012. Mm-hmm. So this November will be our 10th anniversary. Oh, awesome. Wow. And um, I don't know if you remember for our fifth anniversary, um, I did a special scent called V. Well, what's the Roman numeral for 10? X. X. <laughs> so X. Come, come November, um, there will be X. And just like Ooh. the other one, it will be comprised of scent ingredients that I had used over the past five years. So it, 
will basically be me taking all the sense I've created over the past five years and throwing them up against the wall and see what sticks. Um, but it won't be just everything dumped into one pot. That was a very interesting fougere. Um, I'm not quite sure where this one's going to wind up, but uh, with the amount that I've used sandalwood, moss, vetiver, and labdanum over the past uh, five years, I'm sure that it will find somewhere to the um, fougere or sheepherd category. And, uh, th- that, well, that kind of leads me to my next question. And um, you're a huge resource uh, to the wet shaving community as far as soap making goes, but also uh, as a perfumer, uh, one, someone who makes fragrance. And I'm, I'm just wondering, like, as you're, you, know, you developed a shave soap formula, um, what does the that fragrancing journey, like, you know, how, how's that, like, it's a parallel or did it come a little bit later on? Well, I've always enjoyed scents. I fell in love with the original uh, Papa Rabanne for home uh, back in the 90s. And I've had a, a variety of different scents throughout the years since then. So there was an interest, but um, I never knew how to take it to the step of actually making my own. Any soap maker that tells you out of the gate that they're making their own scents, unless it's a two or three essential oil blend, um, is lying their pants off. Because nobody steps out the door and knows how to, to to balance and blend 20 to 30 aroma chemicals together to make something that smells anything other than mud. It takes a lot of trial and error, a lot of lost money, a lot of stuff going in the garbage. But uh, there's tons of resources out there between different blog sites, um, the DIY forum on base notes. There's a couple of different Facebook groups. I still haven't really stumbled anything on Reddit that was actually useful, which is surprising because Reddit is the one place that I expected to find a very, very healthy um, indie or DIY fragrance network. And it just wasn't there. Um, There is a group on Facebook that I thoroughly enjoy that's run by two exceptional independent perfumers, Sarah McCartney from 4160 Tuesdays and uh, Paul Kyler from PK Perfumes out in California. The two of them are the, the primary moderators. They do a great job of keeping everything in line. But the information that's shared there is, is wonderful. And it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a healthy place to bounce ideas off of other people. And I really enjoy that. What was the first, like, first scent that you wanted to make once you kind of, kind of had enough, like, like the, the basics down? The first scent that was all me is actually still in production. Sunrise. It's a very simple blend. It's uh, Litsia Coupe uh, oil, uh, peppermint oil, and tea tree. Our buddy, Mr. Irish from Ta- uh, Talbot Shaving, likes to say, um, it's a punch in the face to wake you up in the morning. It's got that that that, that sharp pit of the lemony Litsia um, and that little bit of cooling from the peppermint. It literally does just that. It, it, it opens up the nose and it gives you a little bit of a cool slap on the cheek to, to say, good morning, it's time to get going. The next scent that I can actually say was a little bit more adventurous was... Barnegat Bay. My take on Bay Rum, it's a little different than most people go for. I took some liberties because we all know I can't do anything normal. The traditional Bay Rum formula is the the, the West Indies Bay, um, not to be confused with the Bay Laurel, which is great if you're making a stew, but it's not really has any place in perfumery. Along with that, the, the just as I said, the traditional formula, you've got allspice, you've got Clove bud, where that's where I took a left turn. I decided I didn't want to use clove bud. I actually went clove, clove leaf oil because it's um, it's not quite as punchy. It's a little bit more subdued, a little bit more. Mild. I mixed that with some uh, some lime and orange and some patchouli. 
the patchouli's the, the the real the other real curveball in there because most bay rums don't have patchouli, but they 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 generally um, have some type of citrus because sailors would wear this to cover up how much they stank and they would drink it as well when they got bored. I really associate you with a particular note, and that is Haitian vetiver, because I, I feel oh, like good stuff. yeah, I, I know you personally love that note, and I feel like. Um, the the sense that you you've put out that have really like really strong uh, cult following as it were um, feature that note. What about Haitian vetiver as a note? Really, you know, ha- has you drawn to it? It's it's so multifaceted. Um, if you actually have a raw meat um, bourbon vetiver, you when you smell it, there's there's that rich earthiness, but there's also a nuttiness. Um, there's a smokiness. Um, and depending upon what you layer on top of it, um, or how, whatever you use for modifiers to boost it or draw things out, you can get some really neat effects out of it. Uh, you can go one day after another and use Revolution, the Dark Side, 322, Glass Arabe, and all those shades are going to be a completely different experience because of how it's put together. Yet all of them are at least. 40 to 50 percent Haitian vetiver. I know you're a big fan of single edge razors. And if you could share a little bit with, with the audience, kind of like what drew you to single edge razors. I have very, very strange swirled growth patterns here and here. And I'm not the most patient person in the world. So when I shave with a DE, if I'm not super careful, I'm always going directly against the grain, no matter what direction I'm moving the razor right there because of the swirling growth, growth patterns. So I would constantly get chewed up and wind up with weepers is an understatement. Yet when I got my first ever ready, which was a shovel head, I didn't have that problem because they're a thicker blade. They just plowed right through where the double edge blade is thinner and it, the, the, the feedback from going against the grain would actually cause a little chatter in the blade and it would chew me up. So I've done a lot of experimentation and probably 49 out of 50 of my shaves, um, if you actually go back and look through them, are done with a single edge razor. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a DE because I feel like using my, my grandfather's old Gillette or for some reason, my head says, hey, grab that diamond coated uh, black mer- uh, mula because it'll look good in the picture. And then I regret it later on but that's why single edge because i don't have to worry about my blood being on the outside after i'm done with the shave but i only shave once every three to four days because it's not like i have anybody that i need to go impress at a business meeting i shaved this morning so i'd look good for you guys oh thank you <laughs> the, the the video version listeners will also thank you <laughs> you also uh put on a shirt congratulations oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> not getting enough drama talking smack or hooligan hijinks from your regular forums social media or reddit well the lather talk discord is not for you sorry to disappoint but if you're looking for a cool place to hang out with fellow traditional shaving degenerates come on down to the lather talk discord share your shave of the days mail calls or talk about your favorite hardware software and just about everything in between once again, that's Lather Talk Discord. Check out the link below.
But uh, let, let's uh, take this opportunity now to take a hard, hard pivot and talk a little bit about professional wrestling. I joked with uh, with B. Lou that there's there was going to be no shave or soap talk here. It was just going to be wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I, I and then that. he and then he started rattling off, wanting to know what my thought process was behind making a stand. He started talking nonsense, and I was like, "But this doesn't make sense. We're supposed <laughs> to be talking about giving somebody a stone cold stunner." <laughs> I, I think the next soap, if we're going to transition, it should be called the cream of the crop. Okay. <laughs> yes, and we need we need to get uh your your last guest, Mister McBee. To do yes. the promo, mm-hmm. go for it. Yes, for, for those, absolutely wearing the Macho Man shirt. <laughs> for those mm-hmm. who don't know, our our friend, our mutual friend Ross, does a great uh, Macho Man impression, and I think did a, did a shave as in character. Was that is that right? I, yes, he did a full live shave in yes. character. Yes, that was that was very entertaining. But it, I can see it now. We could, we could put together the whole montage. He could be unjustifiably in a position he'd rather not be in. But it's okay, President Jack Tunney, because the cream rises to the top. What what would that scent be? Cream of the cream of the crop. It, coffee mate. I don't, Excuse I don't, me. It's coffee mate. It's all with, it would with be. The, with a hint of Slim Jim. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, bro. And it would I it mean, would be your first tallow soap. <laughs> there, hey, actually. And it may, may, maybe not tallow. Maybe it should just be manteca. <laughs> and probably because uh, actually, I think Slim Jims are primarily mechanically separated chicken. Oh, are they? <laughs> oh, there we go. It should be schmaltz. So you yes, should, it should be schmaltz. Should be sh- <laughs> Vita has her duck fat soaps, and this will be a schmaltz soap. All right. I don't want to know how you that know. would smell. Schmaltz stinks. There's no way to finish cleaning it. This, this is just a bad idea. We should not go any further down this path. <laughs> I think this is a wonderful idea. Yeah. We've had way worse ideas than this. I'm just yeah, telling oh yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. For, all, yeah. for all of our listeners, we've had way worse ideas for things to put on your face than a schmaltz-based <laughs> soap that smells like coffee creamer and Slim Jims. And that's not counting some of the screwy shaves that have popped up during the lather games. Which is which is coming up, by the way. It's coming. They yes, you we up? are a month out. This is going to be great. I can't wait to see what they do this year. <laughs> no, I'm 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 thinking about I'm I'm thinking about uh diving into the into the the bit this year. I I I can I contribute one or two soaps throughout the lather games, and that's it in terms of the actual shaves. Um, and I always I, I sponsor it. I make sure that I have a prize in there for the guys because I thoroughly thoroughly get a kick out of the guys that are really trying to get that excellence and shit posting award and the the creativity that they put together is mind-blowing and you have to it's 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 30 days you know so to 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 be that consistent and have you know good quality you know content for any of all of those days you know what the the Rhodes family has a special place in my heart. Um, my dad was friends back in the 70s with Virgil Ruddles, which we all now know as Dusty Rhodes. So I followed, since I was a kid in the 80s, I followed Dusty through the polka dot era. I saw Dustin come out as seven and 
completely crap all over the gimmick. I saw the birth of Gold Dusk, and I rooted for him as much as I could because I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to be on top of the world. So seeing Cody come back and getting the reception that he deserved after everything going the way that it did towards the end of his AEW run, I was very happy. So where do we go from here? Soap. We should talk about some soap. Well, uh... <laughs> no, I do not have a new soap base in the works. Good. So that was that. We, we got that question out of the way. Yes. No new soap base in the works. Um, actually, the main thing I want to touch upon, uh, which is something we were talking or you were oh, kind of, you're, <laughs> you're updating us on before we started recording, Chris. Uh, so I'm not sure the best way to segue into that, but it involves the rising costs and just kind of what are some of the hurdles uh, soap makers have had to deal with. And then you're sharing with us something that they might have to deal with very like right now slash in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. There's, there is a lot of volatility in this market right now. Forget broken supply chains, forget um, increased shipping costs and the, the bit of inflation that we're all experiencing. Um, if you go and you grab most soap companies jars and you look at the ingredients list towards the top of the ingredients list is going to be an ingredient called stearic acid. Stearic acid um, for most companies is actually made, it's pressed from palm oil. Um, I was mentioning to you gentlemen that um, this past Monday, um, which was the last Monday in April, uh, because I don't know when this is actually going to air, but um, I want to say that was the 25th. Yeah, the last Monday Monday of April. Indonesia is the largest palm oil producing country in the world. And on this past Monday, they announced that all edible palm oil is banned from export from their country. So that we got to wait and see. Um, I anticipate it's going to take about three to four weeks to shake out to see where everything goes. I know that some companies have made some knee-jerk responses in terms of pricing for some ingredients already. but it is going to cause um, a couple of headaches because, as I said, if you look towards the top of that ingredients list, we almost all use stearic acid. A lot of us use vegetable glycerin. But they're all produced from palm oil. And until we see exactly what happens um, with commercial food industries um, and how they adapt to the much lowered supply of palm oil that's out there, um, there's going to be alternative oils that they're going to start gobbling up and are going to become more expensive for us for us small time uh, players because I can't go and buy 50,000 tons of an ingredient. When I buy an order of stearic acid, I buy 100 pounds. And that lasts me for quite a few batches of soap because when I make a pot of soap, one pot of soap gets about 10 pounds of stearic acid. The larger volume you deal with, the more you're able to dictate to the market you buy in small quantities, the market dictates to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we find out, as I said, what the Entenmann's and Tasty Cakes and all these different companies that are the primary users of palm oil for, for, for foodstuffs, when we find out what they're using to replace that in their, their formulas, um, that's going to increase prices. And for all we know, it could be something like avocado oil, which a lot of soap makers use. It's going to, as I said, it's going to be volatile. It's going to take a couple of weeks to shake out, but hopefully it doesn't impact us too much. But um, the stearic acid part of it itself is is going to be a hit because, as I said, as a knee-jerk reaction, some suppliers have already doubled their price on it. I understand the reason why that they're they're doing it. 
you've got a lot of flux in the, the, the global food market right now because of the situation that's going on in Eastern Europe and Russia um, has caused problems with sunflower oil production because those two countries are the largest producers of sunflower oil in the world. When you're not getting anything out of those countries right now, period. So while the, the sunflower oil they were exporting was helping to, to feed people in Africa, that had to be replaced with something else. Palm was the first thing that things went to. And mm. as a result, that caused Indonesia to say, no, 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 no. We can't do this. We're not exporting any because we need to. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Be able to feed our own people here. I, I think it's a good chance, Gerard, uh, for us to roll into listener questions. Um, yeah, let's let's kick us off. So, um, from our um, friend uh, from Discord, Mr. Uh, Greg Tardif. Can, can he pronounce commonly mispronounced French words in wet shaving? I'm asking for a friend. I have a feeling that this is because I told him how to say eau de te. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the accent mark is, uh, is, the, is the tell for, for those that yes, don't know. It's, it's, it's not eau de the, it's eau de te. <laughs> Just like with Noble Ardor, it's Te Noir. It's not the, the... Yes, it's not the black and vanilla. It's black tea and vanilla. Whereas mine is tea water, but it's eau de thé. And if somebody wants to know how to pronounce Le Pomont de Levy, or Le Terre Verte, or Le Marché du Rissage, there you go. Actually, And actually related, not so much a question, more of a statement. It's from uh, BBS Live, specifically Nate. He says... Odete is the best. So there you go. Thanks, Nate. I think that really shocked him. He he waited on that and he only got it a couple of weeks ago. Um and he he got it in the morning. He told me he got it. Um and he, he sent me a PM on Facebook. And I, I said to him, Oh, that's great. Art, are, are you shaving live today? So that this way I can try to keep my eye open for a notification so I can jump in and catch it. And he hadn't even opened up the package yet. And I said, he, he told me, no, I'm not going to do that. Next thing I know, like two hours later, he's, li- he's live in, I want to say, Lather and Blade. And he said that once he opened up the package and he smelled it, he had to go online. That's, that's a good endorsement right there. I can't complain about that one bit. I put a smile on somebody's face to the point where they had to share it with the world. I call that a, I call that a win. Oh, and this is another like kind of question slash compliment. And this is from uh, Heather from Zangari Man. 
and she she asks, "How long did it take you to be the wet with the Wikipedia of shaving? Dude knows everything." I do not. I just know more than the average bear. What, what is it? Uh, what's the? Is it the Bruce Lee quote? You know, like I don't fear the man who knows ten thousand kicks, but the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times. <laughs> something along that line. <laughs> it, it's something along those lines. But yeah, I'm I'm just a sponge. And... But thanks, Heather. So. I mean, we only have really one, uh, there was only one more question on there because uh, you already answered the one about any upgrading the soap base, which is a no. I, d- I didn't say it was a no. I just said that there's nothing currently in work. Oh, oh. okay. Oh, so okay. all right. So it's, it's potential. Yeah, the potential's You're there. Like I said, there's a chance. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I'm just saying I'm being lazy. I'm saying schmaltz soap. Okay. Okay. I actually had somebody the other day told me that I needed to go and dust off the uh, old Italian formula because somehow back in 2014, I was doing a low structure base before anybody knew what a low structure base was. See, I I wasn't even around back then. So what is the old Italian base (laughs) for for those of us who weren't in the know? It was their mozzarella. It was, was, no, it was um, (laughs) when I first got started, um, your French style soap base was a, single lye potassium only because uh, a Marseille style soap technically does not use sodium hydroxide. It only uses potassium because they made it, uh, they made their lye from uh, burning seaweed. Uh, an Italian style soap, your traditional Italian croak is dual lye. The formula I had done back then, which had um, coconut butter and mango butter, palm kernel oil, stearic acid, and a couple other things was a very low structure lather when you built it up because you weren't building it up puffy it was just taking in water and just becoming this dense sloppy mess so is that something that with the materials you currently have could you do that currently or no i have everything on hand except for the the coconut butter the mango butter and the um palm kernel oil I, i i try to keep big changes as minimal as possible just simply for the fact that if i were tomorrow to say hey i feel like upgrading my soap base what about every single jar that's sitting on the shelf of Maggard's, West Coast Shaving, Pastor's, the razor company, top of the chain, that just become became out of date and they're stuck sitting on product that they're going to have to discount to, re, to, to sell because the new stuff is coming out. It's not fair for my vendors. That's something that um, can't be a whiz-bang-boom process. It's something that you have to work through them. You have to get them to slow down buying at first. Um, and move through product without costing them as little profit as possible. Otherwise, they're not going to continue to carry your product. How dare you, you know, have like logic to to this whole thing? <laughs> Just the nerve. Uh, but the last question uh, from uh, our friend, Mr. Mendez, is, is what is Katie's favorite scent? Katie's favorite scent is Saturday morning. What else do you expect from a kid? That's right. And for those of you that don't know, Saturday morning is the wonderful, wonderful scent of Fruit Loops. <laughs> Which, in reality, what's what's the what, what do you say as far as scent notes go? If I just said Fruit Loops and cereal milk, you know, I mean, those aren't the real actual things, but it sounds a lot more pleasant than. If you want to talk actual scent notes, mm-hmm. it's really just a blend of citrus oils and ethyl maltol. There we go. Yeah, citrus can't go wrong with that. <laughs> well but but there's so many different kinds of citrus yeah from 
bergamot, lemon, orange, lime. And then you take that and you take ethyl maltol, which at its heart is kind of like a cotton candy style scent. It's actually something that you can eat. It's, it's a sweetener, but it has a very, very strong um, cotton candy, burnt sugar type aroma to it. And you take that and you smash it all together and you have the smell of fruit. Did you do that? Uh, did you do Saturday morning uh, on your own or? Because I know that there's like other places that do like have similarly scented, you know, like Fruit Loop style products. I originally did. And then I looked at what it was costing me. And then I looked at what it would cost to buy it from a lab. And I said, I, I said, I'm buying it from a lab because no, thank you. It, it, it was literally five times the cost Ooh. to make it yourself versus buying a pre-blend. There, there's one one question. Uh, it might have been oh, lost, I miss it? lost near the top. Well, uh, one past Ben oh, had, a, had, a, had a few questions, but one that's... Oh, no, of... we don't we, we don't want to talk about... <laughs> are these Ben questions or are these no, just no, questions? These, these are normal... There, there's a legitimate question. There's a legitimate question. He had a few okay. legitimate questions, but the one, just because we're talking about this already, is he asks, what's your process for coming up with new scents and what inspires them? Most of the time, it's other people. If I get asked... Um, I'm, I'm sure you've picked up on it and I'm sure Gerard's picked up on it. A lot of the scents that I put out are initially made for an event or for a group and being able to sit down and brainstorm and just ping ideas back and forth with somebody else about what they have for an idea or something like um, when I did Lancaster leather, looking at Lancaster as an area and what they're famous for, what grows in the area, what happens there, um, you can start to, to to build and put things together. When I did East Coast Wet Shavers meetup before that one, which was here in New Jersey, what's the, the official fruit of the state of New Jersey? Is that the Hot blueberry dogs? one? The blueberry. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I said Hot <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Hamp. Taylor, oh, that, oh, pork roll. Oh, Taylor <laughs> pork, pork, pork roll is a wonderful thing, and stop okay. laughing at it because even long distance it can give you a heart yeah. attack. It's, it's so good though. I I I, I did yes. have one uh, when I when I last visited. visited. Uh, I was in the I was in the area where they do call it a you know Taylor ham. <laughs> so, okay, so so you were in North Jersey. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I'm like I get this. I said, I, I totally get this. I, I get why this is like a beloved thing here. Yeah, it's because we live in New Jersey and we don't want to live long enough. So we just slam pork and fat into our body. Add some cheese and egg. And, too. and salt. Yeah, <laughs> extra salt. <laughs> yes. where, where else would you find a, um, a seasoned fermented pork product be what we're famous for? And when you really hate yourself, you, you make a pork roll bacon engine. Oh, it's, it, you, you feel your arteries hardening while you eat it, but it's so good. <laughs> but um, I know we've been talking for a while. And so I, I do want to start kind of winding things down. So, Chris, um, is there anything that you can share with our listeners, kind of things to look out for in the coming months uh, from Katie's Bubbles? Well, being that we're coming up on our 10th anniversary, um, I don't know if anybody caught my Instagram post the other day or the fact that I've slowly been bringing things back from the dead since that were very small batch releases like Mila Shepra or Dirty Prose. Um, I'm going to be bringing them out um, over the course of the next couple months until we get to November where we'll bring out the 10th anniversary scent. 
So that that's part of the plan for the rest of the year. It, it, how it all falls together, it's up in the air because it, kids and life and all that wonderful happy jazz. I want to try to get one done in May, one in June, one in July um, with, with, with re-releases of stuff that, as I said, they, they were small batch that, that were out there um, and get them back out because they were loved by the people that got them, but only a certain number of people got, got a chance to get their hands on them. So that, that'll be happening, um, as I said earlier. I'm not currently working on a soap-based change, um, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? If anybody has any questions, I'm an easy guy to get a hold of. Send me a message to the website, email me, message me on Instagram, message me on Facebook. The only thing I'd say, don't bother trying to reach me on is Twitter because I'm on there once a month. For shaving, Twitter really, I don't think has ever actually taken off. No. No. It has not. Whereas with Instagram, we've got pretty pictures and easy ways to search and um, and the, the, the live feature where you've got guys like BBS Live going on there. We get to, to, to hang out with John at least once a week, it seems, to for one of his shaves. I try to pop in and say hi and try not to heckle too much. I need to, I need to actually try and, and utilize Instagram and go live. Something I should do. I should too. Um, but anytime I think to go on there, it, I talk myself out of it. Being a strange, neurotic, self-conscious person staring at a phone and trying to read little words scares the heck out of me. I don't know. All right. Oh, and also though, uh, for the anniversary soap, should we call it 10 or X? Because, well, I refer to it as V uh, for, for the other one, but yeah. there's some people that call it five. I, I'm not too picky about it. If you mispronounce 10, or you mispronounce X, I might give you a hard time, but I, Tian. I say, I say, whichever. <laughs> it's a short word. Wasn't he one of the characters in uh, Dragon Ball? Tian? Yeah, he was one of the crappy ones. The third, the, the, the Tian. Tian yeah. and Yamcha. Yes. Wait, Chris, Chris, I, I think we can, I got a question to finish us on. Um, who are your three greatest of all time wrestlers? Go. Oof. Top three. Oof. Oof. We should do, should do, just make it a just make Mount Rushmore, you know. Make it a give give some more. You know? Okay, okay. Am I actually am I supposed to be objective or can I be totally subjective? Here? Oh, you can totally. It's no, your, no, it's your, it's not your at list. all. It's your list. If you if you said Max Moon, uh, Horn the Shockmaster, and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'm not going to do a Mount Rushmore. I'm not going to do any of that. I will make one declarative statement that will piss off probably three quarters of the, the internet wrestling community and leave it at that. The most influential person in the history of professional wrestling is Virgil Runnels. Half, half of the, half of the, the internet would probably start screaming about, Oh, well, Vince, 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 Vince. And somebody would bring up Rick Flair. And... No, 90% of the matches that people think are cool were invented by Dusty. The entire current booking structure that companies run themselves on. But he came up with war games, all the different strange gimmicky matches that you can think of was all his his idea and expanded upon. And as I said, the way that almost every company books themselves these days, he wrote the book for it. I, I don't think that's that big of a that's that's not a that's not a, no, a but, huge but, thing to say. But most people most people don't give him the credit. Because for sure, in public, he was the goofy fat guy in polka dots. 
but behind the scenes, he was a booker. He was a yeah. teacher and he was all around a good guy. There's your positive note. Rest in paradise, Dusty. Uh, with that, uh, Chris, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your weekend to join us, uh, to chat with us about, I guess we do, I guess we did talk a little bit about soap, talk a bunch about wrestling and, uh, we even got some, I think, insight on behind the scenes as far as kind of some of the challenges uh, soap makers like yourself are dealing with. So we really appreciate you know your time, your knowledge, and just um, we, we wish you we wish you success. I can't believe you're going to be celebrating ten years. So I really look forward to uh, what you'll be releasing with X slash ten later this year. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys, and I will uh, talk to you tomorrow night during Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Well, that's a wrap on our conversation with Chris Cullen from Katie's Bubbles. For those of you who have no interest whatsoever about professional wrestling, I want to thank you guys for bearing with us, as that is one passion we all share, aside from wet shaving, of course. It's wonderful to hear from a artisan in the wet shaving space that's been around so long. They've seen trends come and go and usually are able to offer some really unique insights. So if you want to find out more about Katie's Bubbles and their products, go ahead and check out their website or their Instagram page. You can find all the links in the show notes. Also, a big thank you to our supporters over on Patreon. If you guys have the means and would like to support the show, please check out the Ladder Talk Patreon. And you can get access to bonus content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other benefits for signing up. Some other ways to support the show, you can leave us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. We hope to catch you next time. Take care.